Right now, new and returning vidIQ customers can buy one month of vidIQ and get the second month free. This offer is going on until July 31st and can be used towards a purchase of either a pro or boost level account. All you have to do is visit vidIQ.com bonus. If you've been looking to unlock our full suite of tools, now is a great time. You have until July 31st, vidIQ.com bonus. Building a community around what you do on YouTube is just something that tends to happen naturally. Along the way, we set up Twitters and Instagrams and Discord servers, and we end up creating a lot of spaces where we can reach our community outside of YouTube. But what tends to happen is that each of these spaces needs its own level of upkeep. So you may already be making YouTube videos on the side, but now suddenly you're needing to create content for your Twitter account and your Instagram. And then you're having to go into your Discord server and continue carrying on conversations with your viewers and your fans coming to visit you. Before you know it, just managing your YouTube community becomes a job unto itself. So today, let's help you manage the management of your YouTube community. Welcome to Tube Talk, the show dedicated to helping you become a better video creator so you can get more views, subscribers, and build your audience. Brought to you by vidIQ. Download for free at vidIQ.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Tube Talk. I am Dan Carson, and today it's all about communities, especially communities on YouTube and building them around your channel. And I couldn't do this episode of the podcast without, of course, bringing on the vidIQ community manager himself, Daniel Holzhauser. Did I say that right? I don't say your last name a whole lot. Pretty close. Holzhauer. It means Holtz. one who hits wood in German is my understanding. I like to tell people it means lumberjack in German, though. So no, go either way. <laughs> I apologize for mispronouncing that. I went for it and I shouldn't. <laughs> I should just stuck to H because that's how we do it at work. Yeah, uh, H. H, yes. Uh, so thank you for being here. You are, of course, the community manager at IQ, and uh, you've been tasked with helping us out on Twitter and Discord and Facebook and Instagram and, and just everything. And as as ever, a lot of people know, vidIQ is, is rather big these days. There are a lot of communities with a lot of people in each one. We're not trying to brag. It's just a fact of life. So it's humble brag. Let us know just a little bit about you, your experience, and then also just your experience with the vidIQ community. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm here to brag. Uh, so if you don't want to do it, Dan, I'm happy to do it. With everything that's gone on in the last few years and the growth of YouTube over the last decade, vidIQ has been growing huge. We've had huge numbers of you know 790,000 subscribers on our YouTube page, but also a big part of having a community is not just being in one place. So we are all over the place, as you said, Discord and social media and sort of all the different outlets, Clubhouse now that you know you could build a community so i was brought in uh, as the company was growing to sort of help you guys and help rob wilson and everybody manage that and also be a voice for the community so when people in the community are having an issue and it pops up over and over again in our comments or on our social media i'm the person who sees it and i can bring it up to everybody and make sure that the voices of the community are being heard and that we're sort of meeting all your expectations and solving all the problems that we hope to be able to solve going back on myself you know i have a fairly extensive background in community management and social media uh, a few years back, I helped launch a video game called Throne of Lies, which is very much an Among Us style game. What's what you called mafia or werewolf uh, social deception game. Unfortunately, didn't catch on quite as big as Among Us did, but we had a pretty big 
population surge we released as an independent game had a huge community growth and big part of that was on discord i think over 10,000 members on that discord community even now super active so i kind of got my feet wet in discord communities as i was doing social media and doing marketing uh, and from there, I moved on to a company called DAZN, D-A-Z-N, which specialized in live sports and boxing. Currently, a million and a half subscribers on YouTube. And when I came on, we basically had 500 subscribers. So a huge stretch of growth helped by signing some of the biggest boxers in the history of the sport. We gave Canelo Alvarez the biggest contract in sporting history at some point. Uh, if you know about DAZN, that may not have gone down quite as smoothly as some of us hoped, but going from 500 subscribers to now a million and a half subscribers, you can imagine what that community growth is like. And that it spreads across sort of every segment of social media as well. They're about to hit a million followers on Instagram as well. So the comments and the suggestions and the DMS and everything that goes along with it, it was part of my realm and part of my domain. Although I also got to go to a lot of live sporting events and I traveled to Los Angeles and Hawaii and Toronto and a bunch of amazing places and had a bunch of amazing experiences. And now I get to work from home in my pajamas and that's pretty awesome as well. <laughs> so that's a very uh, long history of <laughs> managing communities to, uh, I, it sounds like great success. How important do you feel like the community management aspect was to the, you know, the teams you were working for? Yeah. I mean, especially with Throne of Lies, it was an independent video game. There were only eight people working on the game in its entirety, including programmers, including me as basically the marketing community management. And that was huge. Our Discord community was filled with what we would call super users, our highly engaged audience, people who would tell their friends about our product, tell our friends about our game, would go on Twitch and play the game nonstop to the point where we had people in our Discord who knew more about the game than we did. They knew better the mechanics of some of the stuff that was programmed into the game by us because they were using it on an every single day basis. When a bug happened in the video game, they were the ones who came to us and said, hey, this is broken. Uh, it's happened this many times. I can repeat it. And it was so huge in every aspect of it, growing our community, growing our game, and helping us to be better at what we did. And the same went for DAZN, where we had such a huge growth that, you know, being a community manager, you weren't able to handle every single thing. So much stuff was flooding in. But you get so many good insights from the people who use your product on a daily basis. So many good insights from people who watch your videos on a daily basis. And again, they're the people who, who pointed out, and even now to us, which can be slightly annoying, but is actually really excellent when we slip up in a video, there's a comment about it. Oh, you said less than, you meant more than. You said this, but you meant that. There's some audio problems in the background, but that makes you better, right? You cannot be stagnant on YouTube. You always have to be growing. You always have to be making your product better. And if you don't have people giving you that kind of feedback, it's almost impossible to do it. You can look at the numbers. You can look at the analytics. Those always really help you. But those super engaged people, the people like you in this chat right now who are members of our community and support us through every single thing that we do are extremely vital to growth. I will say, just because you mentioned uh, chat, we 
do occasionally record these live on our YouTube channel, VidIQ uh, YouTube channel. So uh, you, if you are listening to this after the fact, you've missed out on an engaging conversation also with our community. We're also, we also do live Q&A afterwards. So uh, just for podcast listeners out there, something to keep in uh, your back pocket. But uh, I completely agree with you. I think that having a really solid community that can feed back to you in, in more ways than just hitting the like or dislike button is going to be imperative, especially when you're in a situation where uh, a lot of a lot of like what you do depends on that audience being happy. I think all YouTubers, that's probably true for all of them, but especially for like a company that is making a product or a company that has a game, it's super important to have, you know, a whole bunch of beta testers in a lot of cases who are like, hey, thanks for this awesome game. By the way, it's broken, <laughs> which can be super helpful. Yeah, and that happens, you know, kind of all the time. And as you know, Dan, I mean, you have your own personal YouTube channel. You do live streams. You have people chatting with you. But it helps to have those people saying what they like, what they don't like, and allows you to shape your channel towards what you know that people are going to follow. And it helps for new users as well. Someone that you've never seen before pops into your channel. They give you a whole different perspective than someone who's been with you for this whole ride. And that's what's beauty about coming into vidIQ is that, yo, I'm new on this ride. But the first months, the first weeks, I was that outside perspective saying, hey, why don't we do this a little bit different? What about this idea or something that I've used in previous jobs can help here? And that's just what these users are like to us as well. It's it's funny how much people in the community you build can just benefit you. Like they teach you something every day, and uh, whether whether it's like a bug you didn't know about with your with your tool or something in the game you're playing that you just had no idea, just a cool trick, and uh, that can all turn into video content as well. Uh, and I want to get to that, but let's let's first talk about the stages of community building when when you do something like this because I think it's really important to kind of pace yourself. A little bit. So one thing that I want to talk about is what you should do when you're first starting out. You're you're at zero subscribers. Maybe you're hitting close to a hundred subscribers. What kind of buildup should there be when you are talking about building your community on YouTube? Should you be starting Discords? Should you be tweeting everywhere? What what is the limit when you're at that early stage, Dan? What would you say is the limit to how much you should be doing in terms of community management, community engagement? Yeah, that is always a big question slash problem that we see a lot with people because we work with so many creators. There are so many different outlets, so many different opportunities, so many different things that you can focus on. But, and especially as coming from the vidIQ perspective, if you're starting a YouTube channel, you want to be a YouTuber, that is where your main focus wants to be right away. There are so many different things on YouTube that you can do better, that you can do well, that you could use to grow your community, that if you're all over the place on day one, you post your first video and you're worried about putting it on social media, you're worried about creating a discord, you're worrying about doing all these things, you're missing the minute details within YouTube that you could be using to accelerate your channel. And again, YouTube is the basis of your channel. YouTube's algorithm and their data metrics are focused on what you're doing on YouTube. So when you're engaging with your commenters, when you're getting likes, when you're improving your videos, when you're looking at your retention graphs to try and focus your content in a specific way, that's what YouTube is seeing and that will help you grow your channel. If you're just out there spending your time tweeting about your video and sending out the link or trying to gather resources in other areas, you're missing those details right away. 
what we suggest is if you have a YouTube channel, your 100 subscribers are under, your 200, your 300 subscribers, really focus on those people right there. Those are going to be your core audience. Those are the people who like what you're doing now, and they're going to like your videos as you get better and better at it. And those are the people who are going to give this insight that we've been talking about. They're going to come back with your comments. They're going to come back with likes. They're going to tell you the things that you're doing. And as you make those incremental improvements, as you get better with each individual video, they're going to stick with you. So those users are so important and you want to cater directly to them. Don't spread your time and your energy energy trying to think that you have to be a multinational business that is in every single pot. Focus on the thing in front of you. Focus on your YouTube channel and make that the best you possibly can. And as you grow, we'll still slowly start to assimilate more of these things. Slowly start to become a bigger member of the communities that are outside of your community. But first, make sure that your community is there. This episode of Tube Talk is brought to you by vidIQ's channel audit tool, a sort of report card for how your YouTube channel has been performing. When you're in your YouTube studio, the channel audit tool can be found on the left-hand side once you've installed vidIQ on either your Chrome or Firefox browser. As long as you've authenticated your channel, clicking on channel audit will give you a bird's eye view of your videos from the last 30, 60, or even 90 days. I personally use this tool to look for patterns with my content. What types of videos are currently getting the most views per hour? Which videos drove a lot of viewers to subscribe? What types of videos are my competitors creating and how do mine compare? What are the search terms bringing people to my channel in the first place? And if this is sounding like a lot of questions, well, that's probably because I ask too many questions. But that's why I love this tool, because I can get answers to all of them and more. You can access the channel audit tool for free when you download the vidIQ extension at vidIQ.com. We did an episode recently uh, of Tube Talk on the community tab and just different ways you can use it. Now that's unlocked at a thousand subscribers. And I would say that even then, when you hit a thousand subscribers, is that the right time? Maybe not. Maybe you should stick around on YouTube and now take advantage of this community tab, which is another fantastic way, no matter what kind of channel you have to engage with your audience on the platform without giving yourself a lot of different, you know, channels to manage, because that's really what it is. That's why they're called community managers. (laughs) There's just a lot going on. That's why it's an entire job. Sometimes for big teams of people, depending on the size and scope of what you're doing. Yeah. And we were talking about this earlier that sometimes you're surprised to learn that a YouTuber who isn't huge, who doesn't have hundreds of thousands of subscribers actually has people helping them with a lot of the other aspects of it, because it's almost too much. If you're a YouTube creator, there's create ideas and creating ideas. There's creating the videos, recording audio, getting better at your audio, getting better at your thumbnails. You have banners, you have comments, you have community posts. These are all just in YouTube. If you're going to try and do all these other things, then you're going to miss out on some of these, some of these smaller aspects. So like you said, if you hit a thousand subscribers, now suddenly you're saying like, oh, let's get discord going. Let's get my Instagram game up. But then you might be missing out on that new community tab. And we've seen, and obviously it's been a pretty big topic on YouTube is that there's a lot of opportunities in the community tab and a lot of people are undervaluing it. We've been doing channel audits uh, through Twitter over the last week. And one of the things I always check is check that community tab. Are you posting on there? Are you responding to people? And are you just posting links on there? Are you actually asking them questions? Are you getting involved in the community? And those are the things that even without the community tab, you should be doing in your comments. You should be asking people questions in your videos 
eliciting those responses and then taking care of those people who are taking the time to delve into your content and push you further up in YouTube. Yeah, for sure. And, and one thing I want to touch on uh, is that the community uh, aspect of a YouTube channel kind of goes both ways. So you have the people who are coming to you, they're in your comments, maybe your YouTube community tab, maybe you did start a Discord, things like that. But another thing you could be doing to grow your YouTube channel is to enter other communities that are focused around your niche. So I'm talking about maybe joining Discords of the game you're playing on your channel, or if you have like an outdoors channel, finding the, the pages where those folks live, maybe on Facebook or Reddit or wherever it may be, and not necessarily there to promote your content, but you're there to kind of get yourself out there, become an authority in that community uh, as as you continue to grow. What are, what are your thoughts on that? What what would you say like maybe are some best practices? Yeah, I think you touched on a really important thing there is that you don't want to make people feel like you're constantly promoting your stuff. You don't want it to be every time that you appear, it's a link to one of your videos. What we do, and even at vidIQ stage is when we see a video we like, we try and make a comment on it that is helpful, that is interesting, that is funny, that is a discussion point for people to, to chat on. That is a place that people can see your name, but actually are interested in what you're saying. If you post links, I mean, we're all inundated with links every single day. There's advertisements here. There's links here. How many times a day do I accidentally click on a link and I'm like, oh my, I, like I... I'm so annoyed that I have to X out of this and go back to what I'm doing. Links are everywhere. And we've been trained ourselves to sort of eliminate those and disregard them. What we are looking for as you know, viewers, as consumers of entertainment and products are things that we find interesting. And like you said, going into, and our Discord is a great example, pinned comment up above if you're uh, watching us live or in the chat, is a great place where people can go to and chat it's not a good place to post links because I will kick you out of our Discord immediately because I don't <laughs> want a million links. I want discussion. I want feedback. I want a community. I want people to feel at home in our Discord. And the same thing for us. I go into other Discord communities, uh, partnered YouTube or YouTubers or even, like I said, Throne of Lies, the game that I you know previously worked on. I'm not there to promote my stuff. I'm there just to talk to people. I want to get to know people. I want to make friends in the community. I want to discuss things with other creators. And if at some point they click on my profile, hey, our channel is, is linked there. They can go see it. If you know they ask me, hey, what do I do for a living? Yeah, absolutely. I could talk to them. Hey, I work for vidIQ. I you know make these kind of videos. But that's secondary. The most interesting part to me is making connections. It's growing. It's learning. And the last thing I'm going to do is click on a link that someone blindly sends me because one, you know, who knows where that link could go. You know, we're all worried about suspicious activity and malware and stuff like that. And secondly, you know, I, there's so much content I love. Am I really going to, you know, follow some random person onto their content and fall in love with it? Probably not. I have plenty of stuff on my plate. There are plenty of YouTube videos that I love that I don't get to see. What I'm in Discord for is to chat with people. What I'm on social media for is funny takes, is for interesting topics, for what is trending in the news. I'm not about to click on a link and move to another website and to fall down some whole other rabbit hole. I'm there for a very specific reason, and I'm there because I enjoy it. You, you said something there that is really interesting, too. You, you're trying to follow trends, you know, 
And this is why it's so important to be in communities as much as you're trying to build your own, because depending on what it is you cover on YouTube, you might become privy to something that you had no idea was going on. And it becomes part of the research phase as well. If you're kind of wondering to yourself, well, what, what's the value? If I can't promote my videos going to these communities, what's the value? What's in it for me? And that's it right there. It is content ideas that you would not have previously had. Uh, I'll tell a personal story for, for my own Discord. What I did is I signed up certain channels in my Discord to receive updates from different games I was interested in. And now my Discord has feeds of updates coming in. And I've just supercharged my community, not just for me, but for my own, you know, YouTube community to learn, hey, like, it looks like Minecraft had like a big update. That's cool. And we all get to hear about it in real time. If we're not checking Twitter, a lot of people aren't on Twitter. You know, it's not that's not the only place you can go. So there are ways that you can use a community, uh, whether it's yours or someone else's to generate content for you while also being able to network, which is super important. But on the subject of promoting, when is it okay to promote how what's the balance there because there is a point where you you have your twitter for your youtube channel right and you're making videos you want people to know that and like you said there's links everywhere well that's because people do use it to promote so what would you say is a good balance you you do this with our twitter and our other social channels too right you're you're promoting content in there what is the the dan h secret sauce to the balance between self-promotion and just being a part of the conversation. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about this is they talk about value. You want to provide value to people and value is not necessarily links. But if you have something interesting to say, you may have made a video about it and there is value in that. When, you know, Rob Wilson started making videos about shorts, a big reason for that is because small creators were really benefiting from it. So he wants everyone to know about this. He wants our community to know about that. That is a perfect time to share a link uh, on our social media, a perfect time to go to Reddit to other subreddits and say, hey, we are noticing this change in YouTube. Here's some new information. We think it's valuable to you. Here you go. Take this link. But there are other ways to provide value as well. And you want to do that. So we ask a lot of questions on our YouTube or on our social media because we get great responses. We want to know what you guys are thinking about certain topics. So I'll just ask a question. No links, no you know, expectation or rep reciprocity. I don't know why I went with such a hard word there. But we're not expecting anything in return when we send something like that. We're just expecting to get your response. We genuinely want to know what you feel. And again, a lot of the graphics we'll share will have the vidIQ logo in it. So, you know, we get a little bit of value in that. So people are seeing it. If they share it, then if someone doesn't know what vidIQ is, they get some value. We get some value back in return there. Essentially, what I want to do is if I'm going to send out five tweets over two days, one of them is going to be promoting a specific aspect of our product. It's going to be a link to a video. It's going to be a tool that we use, but it's not necessarily even going to be a link. Maybe I'll just post part of the video natively on social media, on Instagram, on Twitter. That way people don't have to jump to our YouTube channel and leave the platform to see it. I want them to have that information. I don't want to necessarily feel like they have to give something back to us and click on our video or feel like they're brought to our page to do it. I want them to have the value. I want them to have the information. And hopefully, and it happens all the time, is you interact with someone, you give them a good piece of information, you're looking at TweetDeck, bam, they followed you. 
or you see them on Twitter. Next day, you see them commenting on our YouTube videos. Hey, this this happened. I'll, we'll comment on people, you know, reply to comments on our YouTube. And the next day, someone in Discord would be like, oh, man, VidIQ responded to me. This is so awesome. It made my day because we're taking the time out to give something back to them. They're commenting. We're commenting. Now, all of a sudden, they're spreading to these different aspects. They're watching our videos. They're telling people about VidIQ. They're in our Discord. So again, value is something that you should always be thinking about. And I know, you know, Gary V is big on this. A lot of YouTubers, obviously Rob Wilson talks about this. Give value to your community, make them aware of things that are important to them, and they'll give back to you. Value is such an important piece of the puzzle, too. It's you you have to on on any, especially a new YouTube channel, you have to do a lot to break through. And the what we're always telling people is to Make sure you're making videos, make content that provides a lot of value to the audience. You're you're making a video and it's a lot of fun, but it's less about you and more about them. So yeah, while it's fun to just kind of do a vlog where you're walking through your house and talking about what, you ha- what you're going to have for dinner and all that stuff, what is the draw for people who don't know who you are yet, you know? And having that community is just one more way to give that value outside of just you made a video, now instead of a vlog, it's a tutorial about how you made dinner or or something like that a little bit of value and then there's a question in your comments what was that seasoning you were using and now a discussion has started and that person by the end of that discussion is probably like this is cool you know i not only did i make learn to make some kind of new dish i I can ask this person questions and they get back to me you know so if if it catches fire in the oven i can feed back and say what temperature did you put that in for? Because it, uh, <laughs> I need a new the, oven. The Iran Segev method of cooking pizza. Yeah, you just yeah. throw throw it all in there and see what happens. But, you know, getting that feedback is super important. And that's something that I've tried to stress to, you know, the moderators in our Discord and the people who are in our Discord is I want it to feel like a welcoming place. I want it to feel like they have access to the people who are in vidIQ. You know, some people will, you know, ping me in the Discord and immediately, you know, someone else will, be, will respond being like, ah, oh, you know, don't ping him. You know, he's got the other stuff to do. And then I'll come back like, hey, my DMs are open. I allow, you know, people to ping me for a specific reason. I want you to feel like you have a connection to vidIQ. I want you to feel like you have a voice in this community. And obviously we're a bigger channel. We are a business. So there's sort of less expectation that you'll have that. If you're a smaller creator, you need that. You need people to feel like they have that access to you where they're going to comment and you're going to answer it. If they have a question about something you're doing in your video, they want to know that you're going to respond because they'll move on to a different creator next time. If your video has a bunch of holes in it and they can't get filled in on what they're missing, they're going to have to find someone else that will give them that information because there is, again, something missing. There's a hole in the process. Yeah, We want to make sure that that doesn't happen, even at the status that we're at at vidIQ. We want you to feel like if you have a problem, you have a question, we're here to help you find that answer. I got to say, let's circle back to something with that in mind. So you have this Discord community. People are asking you questions about what you're doing on your channel. They they would like some answers. That's how they found you in the first place. They just want a little more detail. At the beginning of this, we told you maybe don't make a Discord yet. Maybe don't be on Twitter and all these places and juggle all these different uh, channels. But 
that's why we want you to be careful about that. Because once you open that Discord, once you open that Facebook group, whatever it is, you now have another responsibility. If you're not a big company that can hire a community manager, uh, your own, your very own Dan H, then you need to do that yourself. <laughs> and it's so important to, you know, be present. You can't really have a Discord community that is focused around you and what you do if you're not actually going to engage in there. So it becomes another part of the job and it become it goes back to what I'm always telling creators is like, you want to focus, you know, you want to make sure your channel is focused on one thing. You want to make sure if you're going to start a second channel that you actually have time to do that while you have other things in life going on. There's a lot of things we're all passionate about as creatives and it's important to pick the one you think is going to give you the most ideas, the most inspiration and build the best channel because you have to eventually split your time between different things around that one idea, around that one topic. Now you're making a community about it in with a Discord and something like that. So we put a number on it earlier. I was saying, you know, below 1000 subscribers, maybe even after you hit 1000 subscribers, you're still not starting. Dan, what would what number if we had to put a number on it? And it's going to be different for everybody. Let's just say that. But what number do you think is about it's when you would go to a channel and you'd be surprised not to see a Discord server, not to see a Reddit page, something. I think, uh, you know, especially gaming channels, specifically if we're talking Discord, because Discord's a bit more gaming focused. If a channel has 10,000 subscribers, I think you fully expect to see a Discord there because that has a community that they've built up that you have that expectation. But what I also want you to think about when you're creating this or when you're thinking about creating a Discord community, you should have, and now this doesn't have to be a physical list, a mental list of highly engaged users. Who are the people that you expect would join your Discord and be active in there? If you can't you know, post a video and expect people to comment, then they're not going to be in your Discord at the same time. So go through a list of people that are community members that are engaged community members and think about how many of them you expect will transfer over to this discord community. Because as you said, it's going to be a time commitment. If you look up online tutorials on how to grow a discord channel, how to best have a discord community, number one is activity. You need to be in there. You need to be talking and you need people in there talking. So if you have 10 people that you know will be in your Discord community, that's good. But are they 10 active people? Are they 10 people who you know you can get to click that button, but you'll never see again? Are they 10 people who don't have Discord and you'll never expect to see them in there? If you have 25 to 50 people, that is a big difference in the amount of people that are going to be chatting. Because even at 5,600 members in our Discord community, People will say, oh, dead chat. Yeah, nothing's going on. And I'm sitting there like, man, we got 20, 20 channels open. There's probably someone talking somewhere, but people are quick. Dead chat, dead chat, dead chat. And that's what you want to try and avoid. Again, you can't avoid the trolls. You can't avoid people who are just messing around and you know like to do that because you know it's fun for them. But you want to have people that are going to be active. You want a discussion to be go to be ongoing, and that isn't going to have these large lulls in conversation. And then you expect them to pick it up and start it. Because at that point, if you have dead chat, you have an extended period of time where no one's chatting, it's up to you to go in there and start that chat. You need to start talking, but that means that you need to have other people that you expect to be in there. And one of the things that we discussed, you know, early on in me coming on 
and having the roles around here is how important moderators are. You'll see them in our chat right now on YouTube. You see them uh, on Discord all the time. They are people that we've, one, sort of rewarded because they're super active in our community and because we trust them, we know that they're the type of people that we want in our community. And secondly, they also feel a bit of a responsibility for it. They feel like they are part of the hierarchy of the community. They're the ones to set an example. So now that we have you know, a handful of highly active, highly engaged moderators. Now I don't have to feel like I have to start that chat up. If there's a quote unquote dead chat, I can bet that one of our moderators is probably going to be stepping up and talking. Or if someone just says hi in the chat, there's going to be someone who is a super user, actively engaged user who's there and is going to respond. And that's what you want when you want to start a discord. Now there are other options as well. If you have 10 people who you play video games with every single week and you're constantly chatting with them, you know, Discord is a good place to create a private server and to have them come on and talk. And that's one way you can sort of naturally grow a Discord is you start with a few core members. You're not expecting people to come in and invite them. You use it for streaming your games to each other, for chatting with each other, and then potentially you can grow it. But if you're a community, if you're a YouTuber, if you are only wanting it as a community management tool, you want to grow a community, you need to know for a fact that there are close to 100 people that you could send this invite to and that they're going to be active on. And like I said, 10,000 subscribers, if you're a gaming channel, that is sort of the perfect opportunity to say, hey, here's my Discord, put it on the community tab, put it on my social media and see how it goes from there. Because if you're at that stage and you're getting consistent views, you should know who your engaged users are, know who's in your comment section, and expect those people to join. Because then you could reach out to them and say, hey, man, you love to comment on the videos. Why not check out the Discord? You could ask me this question there. Or if you have more questions, come here. Do a live Q&A, a streaming video where you're taking questions. And then you could say, hey, you have more questions? Come join us. I'm going to be in the Discord for the next hour. And I'm going to answer all your questions. I think that's probably if anyone out there is looking for a roadmap, uh, at least one that could give some ideas and just part of the journey, something that you and I discussed, maybe bringing up before uh, the end of the show today was how your channel goes from becoming just something that is you and your community having fun to maybe more of a business. And part we want to talk about specifically is YouTube memberships, maybe even Patreon, things like that. Because when you unlock YouTube's monetization, you unlock the ability of, uh, I don't know if it happens at the same time. It's Everything just happened all at once for me because they brought memberships in when I was already part of the program. But at some point, you can have memberships on your channel, which are something that you can set up with multiple tiers and people can uh, decide if they want to pay money to support you in different ways. And you have to decide what perks they get for doing that. So would you say that along with this discord people might be thinking of making or reddit or facebook page or whatever would you say at the same time they should be also diving straight into memberships as soon as they possibly can uh same question but for memberships when is it weird not to see them or when would be the right time to start that journey yeah i think memberships are a little bit different because i think they're not quite as common so i don't think you're kind of expecting necessarily that a specific channel size will have them. Obviously, bigger channels definitely will. 
But I think my theory on that is, you know, memberships and sort of Patreon is the same way, is when you have the ability to make excess content, you need to be able to offer these people sort of exclusive items or exclusive content, exclusive access to you that you're not giving to your regular people. So if you're creating a video, you know, once a week, and that's sort of your limit at the moment, it's going to be super tough to get interesting content to give to people and have them pay you money, pay you money on a monthly basis for it. If you feel like you're at that point where now you have consistent sort of franchise videos where, you know, every Monday you're releasing something every Friday, you're releasing something. Now you probably have excess footage that you're cutting off. You have, you know, your bloopers, you have the things that didn't quite make it. You have your unedited thing. Maybe you have a podcast, maybe you're doing, you know, content that's not specifically for YouTube. And this is the type of stuff that you can give to members and to give that sort of further benefit. Even if you have a big channel, that is a big step to have memberships. You need to be comfortable knowing that you're going to almost need to be doubling your efforts in terms of creating content, because now you need to have this extra amount of content to be given out. Setting up that Discord is like another part-time job, just like your channel was when you set that up. And now we're talking about an additional part-time job of having memberships and creating perks. Uh, one, one way YouTube describes it is you want to create perks that scale. So if if you're going to be uh, creating this membership, you don't want to offer something that requires you to do a bunch of legwork for every individual new member. And by that, I mean, maybe you say, hey, if you become a member of my channel, I'll give you a personalized video message. Well, that might be fine when you get 10 members, but as your channel grows and you start getting members at scale, it's going to be really tough to keep providing that perk. So you want to make sure you're giving benefits like Dan discussed that are maybe something that you have already, like bloopers, something funny that happened that you cut out of the video, but might make a cool clip or something to share with those folks. You can also do members community posts, which are, uh, you know, a little bit of extra work, but you just something just for them, you know, to jump in on and, and be excited about. So a lot of ways you can benefit. Yeah. We see that even just something as simple as discord where, you know, I love giving out roles in discord and, you know, plenty of times I'll do like a little giveaway type of thing and be like, Hey, everyone who reacts to this or everyone who does this type of thing gets a discord role. All of a sudden you have 200 people who need a discord role. Now you got to keep track of them. You got to make sure that everyone gets it. It's something that seemed like the simplest thing in the world to just, Oh, click a couple buttons, bam, 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 bam. I'll run through this. But there are logistical questions about how you can keep track of everybody, how you're monitoring your tweets or, you know, monitoring a hashtag. If you do a you know, giveaway on that, there are things that you're not going to think about right away that all of a sudden, like you're saying, once you get that big growth, that they're going to be a lot harder to reproduce. And Kickstarter is the same way. With Throne of Lies, we had a, a great Kickstarter that really helped our community grow uh, before the game was even released. But then all of a sudden now it's, okay, we got to send out shirts. We got to send out stickers. We've got to you know, figure out, you know, get people's addresses, get people's emails, make sure that every single person who did this is getting their objects fulfilled. And as you said, scalable content is a much better way to do that. If I'm saying, all right, I make two videos a week. Now I make three videos a week and I send this out to every single person who's a member. That's a good way to do it. 
a bad way to do it is like you said, oh, I will say hi to every new member in a video because now I need a list. I need, you know, if there's a hundred members now it's like, oh wait, how long does it take me to read all those names out? Am I ma making detrimental content now because I'm spending 10 minutes in the middle of every single video saying hi to these people. It's a lot easier to give them content and to give them things that you're already creating and have off cuts and offshoots of them than it is to create things out of the whole cloth. Yeah. It, I've seen people handle that too with, with shouting everybody out who's a member. And the, the way I've seen bigger channels do it is literally uh, have a card that pops up at the end of the screen, kind of like credits and everyone's name is on it. But that again is something I, I look at and I'm like, they had to make that, you know, they had to literally type out all those names. So they appeared on this nice looking card that they made. And that just, it's it out. Everything you do on YouTube, the point of, that we're trying to make is everything you do with your community takes extra time. So you just want to be really careful about that, especially when you're just starting out and maybe you've already blocked out a very delicate schedule that, okay, this is my only day to record. This is my only day to edit. This is my only day to answer comments. And you don't want to get tempted by that by that urge. Maybe maybe one or two people in your comments are like, "Hey, when are you going to start a Discord?" It's okay to tell them, "I hope one day," and and not you know take that as like, "Oh gosh, a lot of people are asking me about this," uh, because a couple people have brought it up a few times. So be very careful about what you what you take on. Yeah, and what's your promise to people, right? Because you are making promises to people. If you say, "Yeah, let's all do this. Let's all go on Discord. Let's all go." on this community and create. Because one thing that I also tell people, and this you know relates directly to social media, is that you don't realize it necessarily from the, the get-go, but each social media platform has its own rhythm, has its own content style. It has its own things that perform well, where Twitter is great for comedic purposes, for quips, for one-liners, for you know sharing memes and stuff like that. Then you go to Instagram, you share those exact same things. Now you need a, a graphic every single time. You need square videos every single time. Now all of a sudden you thought, oh, I'll just make this one piece of content. I'll put it on all my social media platforms. Now you need to edit it to specific styles, especially to get them to work. So understand what you're producing. Understand what your personality fits on specific social medias and take those on one at a time. Don't just say, okay, now I'm creating Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, a Facebook group, a Discord, and I'm just going to share everything all the same all across them because it's not going to work and you're not going to grow in those certain aspects. And now you're going to default back to just doing your YouTube. And now you're going to have five social media platforms that are dead and have nothing on them. And when people search for your information, they're going to come across those and all of a sudden they're going to see a dead platform. I could not agree more. And I, I can relate to that. I have this bit of content let me put it everywhere and then suddenly oh no i've made way too much work for myself <laughs> and now i've set expectations too high dan before we go where can folks find i want to usually you would ask the guests where can they find you but you're here at iq where but if they wanted to catch up with you where, where's the best place to do that yeah absolutely i think uh, the discord community is the best place to catch up with me and to talk to me, vidiq.com slash discord uh, will take you right to the server. And my username is ISWThunder. 
which uh, has no relation to anything in the real world anymore. But my DMs are always open. As I said, you're welcome to ping me and to chat with me because uh, you know the reason that I'm here at vidIQ is to be a voice of the community. That if you wanted Rob Wilson to see something, the best bet is to give it to me, and then I will, you know, assuming it's good, promote it to Rob Wilson or put it in the company Slack or send it to Dan C or send it to Jeff or send it to Savage because I know that they love that type of stuff. And I know what type of stuff that they'll appreciate seeing. Uh, you know, a good example is I, I think we're calling him Yonk or Junk made a stick figure image of us from our last channel audit. And immediately I sent it to the Slack saying, ah, oh, this is great. Like everyone look at this. And then it was the thumbnail for our you know, channel audit stream the next week because Rob Wilson thought so highly of it. So come down to the Discord, join us there, come chat with me. And then you'll have an opportunity to connect to the wider vidIQ community. And Tuesday channel audits, I always like to pop in and you know give my insights and try and keep up with the big hitters, Rob and Dan and Jeff and Savage. So uh, you know, come out there and support me as well. Well, Dan, thank you for doing this. It's been awesome. Thank you for having me. And we will see everybody in the next one. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tube Talk, brought to you by vidIQ. Head over to vidIQ.com slash TubeTalk for today's show notes and previous episodes. Enjoy the rest of your video making day.